Welcome to SNC's podcast series, SNC Critical Insights. I'm John Sava, a partner in SNC's Capital Markets Group, and I'm located in our Palo Alto office. Today, we'll be discussing a topic that is of significance in many initial public offerings, the so-called cheap stock issue. We'll talk about how the issue arises in the context of an IPO, typical SEC cheap stock comments, the process of responding to those comments, and some tips on dealing with the issue. We'll discuss how to plan for an offering in a way that reduces the likelihood of having a cheap stock issue, and how to approach resolving a cheap stock issue if one does arise. Being prepared well in advance to deal with a cheap stock issue is critical for a company to be able to meet its desired timeline for an IPO. With me today to discuss this is Sarah Payne, who is also in Palo Alto and is co-head of our Capital Markets Group. We'll first discuss what the cheap stock issue is and how it arises. Prior to an IPO, a private company will typically be making equity-based grants to its employees in the form of stock options, restricted stock, or similar equity awards. Prior to an IPO, there's no public market for the company's stock. This means that the company will need to value its common stock to determine the value of the equity awards it is making and to record the appropriate compensation expense. The accepted methodologies for these valuations are technical. A company will generally use an outside valuation firm that's familiar with the SEC's views on acceptable approaches. The so-called cheap stock issue arises if it's determined that the prior value of common stock used to record compensation expense was too low. That will result in a charge being taken to recognize additional compensation expense resulting from the increase in value assigned to the common stock. In the context of an IPO, the cheap stock issue can arise as a result of comments issued by the SEC staff in the course of the review of the company's registration statement. Notably, Cheap stock issues can arise even if a company has used an outside valuation firm. In connection with an IPO, the SEC will review a company's draft registration statement and issue a comment letter. The letter will often include a comment asking the company to discuss its process for valuing its common stock. A typical comment would request a breakdown of all equity awards granted over the prior 12 months leading up to the IPO, including the fair value of the underlying common stock used to value those awards. To the extent there were any significant fluctuations in the fair value from period to period, the company will typically be asked to describe the factors that contributed to those fluctuations, including any intervening events or changes in valuation assumptions or methodology. A cheap stock comment can come early in the review process, but it can also arise for the first time when the company discloses to the SEC staff the estimated price range will be included on the cover of the preliminary prospectus. Before discussing how to prepare for and address these comments, it'll be important to understand what the key drivers are evaluations prior to an IPO. 
There are a relatively small number of factors that typically drive valuations and that are the points on which the SEC's comments are typically focused. First, it's important to understand that in valuing a company's common stock prior to an IPO, there are typically two separate steps. First, valuing the company's total equity, and second, allocating that equity among the various classes of the company's capital stock. Now, each of those steps can be significant. In valuing the total equity of the company, evaluation will frequently include several approaches, such as trading multiples of comparable companies or a discounted cash flow valuation. Once total equity value is determined, the value needs to be allocated between the common stock and the various series of preferred stock that typically form part of a private company's capital structure. And this is where a lot of the complexity arises. There are two methods that are typically used for this allocation. The option pricing method, commonly called the OPM, and the probability weighted expected return method, commonly called PWORM. The two methods operate quite differently and the choice of method can be important. The OPM assumes that the company is far enough away from a potential liquidity event that it is not possible to assign probabilities to different outcomes, such as an IPO or an acquisition. Instead, the OPM tries to model the entire universe of probabilities by treating the various classes of preferred stock as participating in a series of call options on the company's equity value. In contrast, the P-worm assigns probabilities to various scenarios, such as an IPO or an acquisition at various points in time. Typically, as a company starts to approach an IPO, it will switch from a pure OPM model to an approach that incorporates the P-worm method. Why is all of this important? Because the P-worm method typically results in substantially higher values, particularly as an IPO becomes more likely. As a result, the decision to switch from OPM to PWORM can significantly impact the value assigned to the common stock. With that background, we can discuss some key areas of SEC focus. These should inform how a company fashions its responses to the SEC. First, the typical cheap stock comment asks for the company to explain increases in value throughout the period leading up to the IPO. If there's an increase in value at a point in time, are there logical reasons for that increase? Now, these reasons could involve developments in the company's business that cause the company to revise its projections upwards, or an increase in trading multiples of comparable companies. An increase in value could result from management's assessment that a near-term IPO has become more probable. That assessment could be influenced by a market environment that has become increasingly favorable for an IPO, the company's progress in planning for its IPO, feedback from investors in testing the waters meetings, or a combination of these and other factors. In looking at the events that drove the increase in valuation, the SEC staff will be focused on whether the valuation increases should have occurred earlier than they did. Second, the staff will often be interested in the explanation for the increase in value from the most recent valuation to the proposed midpoint of the range that is anticipated to be included 
in the preliminary prospectus for the IPO. As the company prepares a response to a cheap stock comment, the company should be mindful of some of the things the SEC staff may be examining. For example, did the company switch from the OPM to PWM early enough? The OPM should typically not be used on its own once a clear plan to go public has emerged, even if there is still significant uncertainty that an IPO will be successful. As the company approached the IPO, was the IPO scenario given sufficient weight? Generally, the greater the weight assigned to that scenario, the higher the valuation. Was a discount taken to account for the fact that the stock of the company is not freely tradable? And if so, was that discount appropriate? There is very clear guidance in the area. And in the two or three months prior to launching an IPO, the discount under the accepted models is small, typically 5% or so. Were valuation assumptions changed over time? If so, is there a rational basis for the changes? If the company was valued based on trading multiples derived from comparable companies, were those companies similar to the companies used by the underwriters in the analysis that they presented to the company's board of directors? If not, does that cast doubt on the company's valuation? There are a number of points that are useful to bear in mind in trying to avoid cheap stock issues. First, using a valuation firm with experience in doing valuations in anticipation of an IPO. There are a large number of firms with that relevant experience. In addition, consider the frequency of valuations as you approach an IPO. More frequent valuations approaching an IPO will allow the company to document and reflect an upward progression in value. As an IPO approaches, consider when it is appropriate to transition from an OPM approach to a PWORM approach. Consider the critical assumptions being used and how those should change over time. The most critical assumptions tend to include the probability of an IPO as compared to the probability of staying private and the universe of comparable companies that is used in valuations of the company. Also consider how to deal with equity grants between valuation dates. Typically, an equity grant is valued based on the most recent valuation performed prior to the grant. However, if the value has increased significantly at the next valuation date, it may be appropriate to consider whether to account for the grant based on an interpolated value derived by looking at either endpoint. A company will also want to consider the potential impact of a cheap stock charge and ways to mitigate that impact. For example, if a cheap stock charge is required to be taken, that may make it more likely that the IRS will question whether options were granted with an exercise price below fair market value, with the potential for additional taxes to the option holder. There are alternatives that a company may want to discuss with its tax advisors such as switching to full value awards that can mitigate that risk. It is possible to prepare a response for potential cheap stock comment in advance. Cheap stock comments are generally predictable in nature. Much of the work required can be done early on. If a cheap stock letter is required to address the difference between the company's most recent valuations 
and the price range that is expected to appear on the cover of the preliminary prospectus, submit it as soon as possible. A company will typically have only 15 days or so between the time it can finalize its cheap stock letter and launch the IPO. That means that any issues must be resolved in a compressed time frame. Companies will also want to make sure that their auditors are similarly in a position to act quickly to address any issues that may arise. As we wrap up and in conclusion, there are many factors to be considered in determining appropriate valuations for a company's common stock as an IPO event approaches. And there are also many factors that may affect the likelihood that the company will be required to engage in discussions with the SCC staff regarding those valuations or even ultimately take a cheap stock charge. Oftentimes, the most significant issue is frequently not the risk of a cheap stock charge itself, as that is a non-cash charge that may be overlooked by investors, but that discussions with the SEC and the company's auditors may be lengthy and impact the proposed timeline of the offering. Appropriate advanced planning can help to reduce the risk that cheap stock issues will interfere with a company's planned IPO timeline. Thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.sulcrom.com. Thank you.